like, you know, do you love me or the dog more? And I'm like, do you? Don't ask that if you I don't mean, want the answer. Exactly. <laughs> Surely you already know the answer to that question. If I have to pick, I pick him. I pick the dog. Sophie's choice, you and the dog, <laughs> don't make me say it. Don't make me say it. I'm picking the dog. I love that. Welcome to Fuck, Love, Laugh. Thanks for joining me again this week. Last week I promised you that I would pick up by explaining how and where and when Fuck, Love, Laugh began. So that's the goal for today. And I'll start at the end, where it all really began. Well... Recently, I moved into my own flat. For the first time in my whole life, I had my very own home. Everything contained in these precious 20 square meters was mine and mine alone. From the nearly dead, pathetic potted plants to on the patio to the forgotten coconut yogurt in the fridge to the freshly laid dirty socks on the floor and the... I recognize that this might not sound exceptional, except that I'm 33 years old and I'm married. I've been with my partner for 14 years and he has been my partner in all senses of the word. He's a man that I love truly and deeply from the places that we've created together. We lived together for 11 years And we got married eight years ago. Doing the math, you'd probably be able to deduce that we met young, and now we're less young. In this time, our relationship has taken many different forms. And I'll unpack more of that in time, but for now, the best way to explain it is, with that, I I walked into this microscopic cockroach inhabited apartment on my own with the survival basics that being my computer a vibrator okay a few uh and a lot of wine to figure out well to create my own story out of a desperate need and i was trying to decide whether to fuck love laugh or fuck love and laugh this all started at a really weird time that we're living in it's a historic milestone really it's value laden and heavily politicized and shrouded in mystery and fear even now as I record this it seemed like the perfect time to start a new life right? no, fuck no I am not an idiot I'm not a narcissist though some skeptics of my choices might disagree I I didn't time the start of all this to align with an international pandemic in fact like it almost seized me in absolute fear I had this new consideration to fuel the doubt I already had but sometimes when change is coming it comes with a force that you can't reckon with so, I I already mentioned I don't like being told what words I can't use. 
Unsurprisingly, I also generally don't like being told what to do. Uh, at least not without strong rationality or sufficient explanation. And I think that's fair and wise. <laughs> so I, I really aim not to live by what I should do. Problem with that is that I have actually lived by shoulds for much of my life. So often when I do what I shouldn't do, I, I've historically I felt alive, alive in a way that gave me purpose and allowed me to feel authentic to myself. And when I finally realized and decided I needed to redesign my life as I discussed and getting my own place, I was redesigning the life I was living and it was clearly not what I should do, but really it was what I had to do. For years, I'd, I'd questioned and considered and researched both relational monogamy and variations of non-monogamy. My partner and I have been, we haven't really been abiding by a strict, uh, not by a strictly monogamous st structure for some time. Uh, recently, after years of contemplation, I began the discussion which led us to reformatting our, reformatting our lives to how it is now to allow us further individualism and the space to create relational experiences in a less regulated way. So less bound to each other in that formal way. I really want to be clear, though. I love my partner. He has made so much space for me to evolve and become my own person in the world. And I am eternally grateful for his love and his understanding. I, I don't know how to explain it. I want to ensure I express a high level of recognition and appreciation for my circumstances. Maybe it's luck, really, which have landed me into wildly unearned privilege. So my family is European, Caucasian descent. My grandparents fled after World War II, um, after experiencing things I can't even fathom. And they and my parents worked their asses off to become secure in the middle class. And we've never been extremely wealthy. Like, my Christmas presents have come from the food bank at one point. But we've never really struggled, not truly. And now I have this life which affords me food on my table and a roof over my head. I have, like, I have a secure career. I have social contacts and true friends. Like, real, beautiful friendships. I have a healthy and subjectively uh, attractive body. I've taken opportunities to read and study and learn and grow. And according to Maslow, like, I'm topping it. So I think that's why I'm here now. I'm just spinning in my efforts to self-actualize. It's, it's my next survival instinct. All these other needs are met, and this is what's left in my way of survival to feel alive. And my self-actualization needs led me here, you know, like to the tiny flat that I'm sharing with cockroaches, to this desperate and innate screaming need to seek and to thrive. It, to do this, I, I believed I needed to be on my own, just me and my survival toolkit. So here I am, despite the bad timing, such bad timing, I know. Or is it? 
that's enough for me. Next week, I'll go into a couple more insights from my website, from my posts, talking about what's giving me the right to be here with Fuck Love Laugh and looking at a few other things like why here? Why now? Why did all this start? Um, but let's have some fun. I have a guest. We'll talk to them about their experiences. I'm really excited to be interviewing somebody. Uh, I'm not formally classifying my interview with myself last week. So she's going to delve playfully into her history and monogamous relationships and how she feels about monogamy now. And hopefully she'll share a humorous sex story with us. So yeah, let's jump into that. Thank you for being my first guest. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. This is very cool. Um, welcome, everybody. I wanted to introduce you to Billy. So I have Billy here with me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, well, I should probably tell you what I'm creating mm-hmm. and what I've called because as my first guest, you get to be the first official person who gets to hear the name. And what I'm up to. So, welcome to Fuck, Love, Laugh. That's amazing. So, I, I unpack in the first episode why I've called it Fuck, Love, Laugh. Yep. It's ironic. It's It's fantastic. a parody. Yes. So, playing with the names of what I could create, I wanted something grabby. Mm-hmm. But I just kept thinking about all those quotes that you find, all those bullshit inspirational quotes, and how you find them up on people's kitchen walls, and just find they're so... Uh, not even trashy, maybe that's the honest word, but uh, redundant. Like, I talk a lot in my first episode about how, um, I think language. live, live, like, really? Mm-hmm. Come on. Do that's your live? advice? Yeah. Exist? Keep existing? Yeah, breathing. Okay. And then love and laugh. Like, come on, I don't need you to remind me to do those things. Mm-hmm. So, but fuck, love, laugh, I, I unpack and I'll show you a bit more, but fuck is just so fun to say. Mm-hmm. And you could say it in a public sphere without being ridiculed. Well, thank you. I may be. So I go into that in my first episode about how I choose words very deliberately with an awareness that people might not be comfortable with them, but I think words hold power. And I use the word fuck because it's so fun to say. It's also has so many different meanings. Like Take it how you will. How do you want to hear it? Thank you. So mm-hmm. that's what I talk about. It has so many figurative and literal functions. Like you can use fucking anger you can Mm -hmm. use fuck to mean sexual penetration you can use get fucked Mm -hmm. there's so many places like pleasure play pain all of them it plays a role in everything right great word great word i say fuck fuck so i talk about as well how i love that it's like fuck the three bits that's so fun in your mouth do you change them depending on whether you're sort of like Probably. Yeah, like your intonation changes things. Like, because I feel like in like a sexual term, it's like, fuck. I joke. When you're angry, it's like, fuck. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So, this is what I joke about in my. I unpack for the name, and when I landed on it, like, I talk about how you can bite down on your lip to say fuck, Mm -hmm. or you can Ah. skim the inside of your lip to say fuck. Like, fuck. And how. 
words hold power and I remember at one point maybe the first time I really was playing with like dirty talk that I would have said like I need you to fuck me mm-hmm. and I would have bit my lip and like mm-hmm. done it play ah oh. have you looked into the origins of yeah. the word yeah yeah. Of course I have. I mean, of course you have. I love digging into that. Yeah. So. And then love. I love love. And I talk mm. all about, like, my, my podcast is about unpacking relationships and love and how we don't really understand love. love. Yeah. There are many different kinds of love, like family love, relationship love, friendship love, love for things and places and people. Mm. There's so many different forms. And English doesn't have many words for love. No, there's one. Mm. You either like it or you love it or you hate it. And that's it. Although I do remember the first time a boy told me he loved me, um, is that when he said he loved me, I said thank you. But I, <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> and was like, that's nice. But I also remember the first time I would have written it to him because I went to school in the mm-hmm. 90s. I would have spelled it L-U-V, and that felt less intense. Y A, L U V Y A. Love, love, yeah. That was fine, but if you wrote L-O-V-E, mm-hmm. Y-O-U, you were getting married. And also different if you wrote I love oh. you as opposed to <laughs> different things like love ya, yeah. L-O-V-E, love you, love ya, and then I love you. Different. I could see this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're a literary obsessor as well. Yeah. Love There's it. so many different things. And then laugh is, I mean, I get into some heavy shit, but I think like the heaviest things in our lives require us to laugh. And I talk about how comedy opens up conversation and it helps you challenge what you think you know and how laughing about something is often the best way to process it. Death, terrible situations. I make terrible jokes. I know you're the same. And laugh about it because if you can't laugh about it, then what else are you going to do? Wallow in self-pity? I think it's so healing. It is. It's so much. It's happiness is the best drug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that connects to love too, right? With the oxytocin, dopamine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so welcome to Fuck, Love, Laugh. I'm so happy to be here. I'll put it on some driftwood for you. you Thank you very much. (laughs) Can you cross-stitch it? Fuck yeah. Yeah. I actually am playing with the idea of getting it like a hoodie. Absolutely. That says Fuck, Love, Laugh. And just seeing how comfortable people are with that. Do it. So this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the interview. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm kind, and I sent you the interview questions earlier so that you could have a bit of an idea mm-hmm. of what things were coming at you. Yeah. So do I you want to know a fun thing? Pardon? The most time I spent thinking about was how I'm going to introduce myself. Okay, well, let's do it. Lacked the question okay. I thought the most about. I love that. Mm-hmm. That makes me wonder if you need to examine your identity. Absolutely. <laughs> Brought with it a whole bunch of things. Okay, um, by the way, I'd just like to say to anyone listening, I do not pay for the therapy sections <laughs> for any of my guests, but I can recommend some people. <laughs> so, we'll start with the biggest one, I think. Yeah. Who are you? Outside of the bedroom, Billy. Outside of the bedroom. Well, I'm me. I'm 28, and I have to think about that because I often lie about my age. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> do you say you're older or do you say you're younger? Younger. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm 26. Why? It started because my boss lies about her age. <laughs> and she told people she was 32. 31? One of them, anyway. And then you're like, well, I'm younger than you, so... And I have to be a decent amount younger than her, so I'm 26. Nothing competitive in you, I'm sure. Not at all. Okay, so you're 28. So I'm 28. 
Um, I love being outdoors and in the sunshine. I love being busy. I'm a chiropractor, which means I believe in a lot of weird stuff that people don't think is true. <laughs> but I love it. Um, we'll have to get back to that, I think. Mm -hmm. I might write some notes down at the same time. Yeah, go for it. Keep um, <clears throat> I grew up in a major city, and I have left a couple of times, and in those instances where I've lived away from other people, I've really learned about myself. And so I think that for my age, I probably know more about myself than a lot of other people my age. Um, I also means that I'm very independent very, very independent, which comes across badly in some instances and well in others. Um, I love what I do. I have a dog. He's beautiful. And I love him to the ends of the earth. I love my family to the ends of the earth. And I have a really great group of friends um, that I spend a lot of time with um, who make my world go round. Cool. Um, I'm pausing because I'm writing down some key things that Billy's saying so that I can be Question. an unqualified therapist. Absolutely. <laughs> Delve break back it down. in and ask a few more questions. Mm -hmm. So did I give you enough time to sort of summate what you wanted to say about who you are? Yeah, that's what I came up with. And I, well, I'm a Leo, but that's only because you prompted that. And I didn't, I didn't know how to get away from it. So I did. I was, I sent a bit of a cheeky email when I invited Billy to the podcast and said, tell me a bit about who you are, like your age, your sex, and you know, your horoscope. Mm -hmm. And then I sent a winky, I think a winky tongue out face. Yeah. Um, so going back to who you are outside of the bedroom, mm -hmm. oh, you said something about being independent. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what you mean when you say that in word? Because I use the same word to describe myself, but that ver adjective can be multiply, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can be perceived in multiple mm -hmm. ways. So this has come up in my life a lot recently. Um, and I think being independent for me means that I can do life on my own. I choose to have people in my life because mm. I lack them. I want them. There's a craving. I don't need them. Yeah. I have people in my life because I like to be around them. They make my life better. Yeah. I can do these things on my own, but I ask you for help because that makes my life better. Okay. Yeah. So is there a sense of pride for you in being, <clears throat> quote, independent? In a sense, yeah. Absolutely. I think that um, a lot of that ties into... Oh, this is going to delve into some do stuff. Do it. Get deep. I think a lot of it dives down into... I like into... it deep. Well, <laughs> I mean, what? warm to Who? it. Yeah. I mean... Then I like it deep. <laughs> All right. Straight up. I was really careful in my first couple of yeah. episodes not to be too vulgar, but I feel like now that I have guests, it's going to... It's coming out. There's going to be double... It's happening. It's going to happen. Sorry. Absolutely. All right. So give it to me deep. Okay. So I think a lot of it delves into um, my upbringing as the youngest child. Yeah. Um, and I so desperately wanted to be uh, my older sisters. I mm. wanted to be them. They had the best life. I quit. I was. I did diving when I was very young yeah. as a sport. I was very good at it, but I quit because my oldest sister quit. Was she better? Oh, she quit. She quit because it was a, like a um, image, image right. thing. As in, like she didn't want her friends to think badly of her because she was doing diving. Was that nerdy, was it? Or <clears throat> why didn't she respect that? It wasn't person? cool. Okay. It wasn't cool. Interesting. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and and so, so then you wanted to be her? Or? Yeah, and I've, I think I've gone through my life being like, 
I want to be you or I want to be you or I need to be more like this particular person. Yeah. I was very nerdy in high school and I think that like I was... I would just like to describe the person sitting in front of me. <laughs> I don't think anyone would use the word nerdy. Can I talk about your hair? Absolutely! <laughs> this human is gorgeous inside, outside. She's just got her hair did. It's great. I know it's been COVID, but we, where we are, have been allowed to see, I think, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Being allowed to see hairdressers, but additionally, um, you waited till restrictions have eased Mm -hmm. a bit anyway, and gone out and got like a, just this wave that happened. There's a light pink. Oh, she's killing it. Mm -hmm. Um, She's confident. I I know her in the world. Nerdy is not a word I'm going to describe. Not that nerdy should have negative connotations. Not at all. I'm a nerd. I absolutely am a nerd. I'm a literary nerd. You're a Chiro nerd. I'm I'm, an anatomy nerd. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. But I was this person in high school that I guess so desperately wanted to be other people. And then I sort of finished and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've spent so long trying to be everybody else. Who who am I? And so my independence came from being able to be away from those people and being away from my family and making my own way. Mm. And that's sort of where it stemmed from, I think. And I think independence to me is that, like the best feeling knowing deep in my heart that I'm like, I can do this on my own. Mm. I absolutely can. Is it fair, and I asked this and I stated this in one of my earlier podcasts, but I come at things with a, from a place of curiosity and for with the aim of growing myself because I would use that word to describe myself and yet I question the value of it and the negative impact of me asserting my independence constantly Mm -hmm. obviously as you know I've recently moved to my own place to really build that independence and create my own narrative and unpack a lot of things that are negatively impacting on my primary relationship but I sometimes wonder if that independence thing is a fear of trusting other people okay so yeah I, for me, it's not fear of trusting other people. Um, I have definitely got out of that as in like, um, you know, I have been overseas and I've lived overseas and I've done it on my own yeah. and I've had no one else. Yeah. Um, That's relatable for me too because I moved to a country I didn't know anybody and I built my whole yeah. life here mm-hmm. and I never was so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And then I became very codependent in a relationship and lost a lot of respect for myself. Mm-hmm. But I wonder sometimes, do I like being independent and do I need to and maybe more existentially like should we be independent are we as human creatures meant to be or are we codependent creatures this is beautiful um oh I have to look up who it is but I remember listening to a um a doctor talking about how we've evolved as uh, she doesn't use the word codependent she uses the word companion creatures Mm -hmm. and how when People began, female creatures began from walking on four legs and began to walk on two legs. They had to start carrying um, the babies on the front. They need someone to protect the back. So then it became this thing of we needed someone to protect us. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but no one's hunting me. So, but do I want that person? Do I need them? I just, this is just a question. I'm not presuming to know, but I, yeah. Definitely think about that kind of thing. And I think about companionship and then what companionship means, right? And does your companionship mean that I do this and you do that? Or does companionship mean that 
we do these things together? Mm. And is it that you fulfill particular roles that you pick someone together that like... You I know, feel like we're going to probably get into this in some of the other right. questions too, aren't we? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole lot in that. And I think it's different for every person. It is. It's absolutely different. But I think in so the same way... So you own that word independent. That's a, pr- a point of pride for you in a positive yeah. way. In yeah. a positive way. Same. And the same that like, I think that you and having come and now have your own space, mm. I had my own space. Right. And now I and now in being independent, I choose which parts of my life I give to other to people. To share. To share. And I give uh, mm. which parts of my life We're gonna I'm like... We're going to have to get into that thing. Yeah. And um, which parts of my life I'm like, I want someone to be able to do that for me. Right. Or with. Or with. Cool. Okay. Um, so another part of when you were talking about who you are outside of the bedroom, I wrote down... I don't know, remember why I wrote it, but I wrote the word dog. Yeah, my dog. Yeah. My dog. Who is that? Why is that? I'm interested that you are talking about who you are and you said the word dog. Because he's, he's me. He's part of me. He's like, I don't know. He goes with me everywhere. He goes to work with me. So we just finished unpacking the word independent, and then you just described a canine as part of you. Yeah. What What's is that? that about? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Would, is there anyone in your life that's human that you would describe as part of you? Again, I'd just like to remind the audience <laughs> that I am not paying for the psychology bills. No, this is interesting. Post, right. Um, okay, so I send them the notes. Up. I'll send you the notes so you can talk. I have a psychologist. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think every wise, uh, self-introspective person should. I highly believe that. This is the the best analogy that okay. I have come up with. Right, like as a chiropractor. Oh. Right? I love where this is going. Yeah. As a chiropractor, everyone's like, you know, I've had good experiences, bad experiences. Yeah. I'm like, you have to pick someone that works for you. It's like a hairdresser or a dentist, right? right? In the same way that 100%. you go you go to the dentist to take care of your teeth, right? Like every six months. Yeah. You go to the chiropractor or the physio or the massage or the pedicure or whatever to take care of your physical mm. health. Why don't you go to the psychologist to take care of your mental health? I have always since I was very young. but the And I talk about it, but the linkage for me was that you send someone who's messed up. I use the terms in quotes you, like I was fucked up I wish that it had been pitched to me as like hey you are someone who digs deep into yourself let's get someone you can talk to about that I was speaking to a friend of mine recently who um, was like fun fact therapists see therapists mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I know my mm-hmm. therapist used to talk to me about how she saw her therapist it's like you as a chiropractor imagine you didn't see other people so win. yeah it, you're valuing the profession mm. that you're in so. why would I not go and see someone like if I don't believe in what I do what yeah. that doesn't make any sense yeah exactly yeah. Mm. cool okay so go back to your dog okay so my dog I don't know I don't know what's in that but I tell you I that little fluffy thing you love it I love him to the ends of the earth and my current boyfriend and previous boyfriends because my dog's 12 Oh, yeah. um, have always asked me like you know do you love me or the dog more and I'm like do you don't ask that if you don't I mean, want the answer exactly <laughs> surely you already know the answer to that question if I have to pick I pick him I pick the dog Sophie's choice you and the dog mm-hmm. don't make me say it don't make me say it I'm picking the dog I love that yeah. okay another thing I was questioning is when you were describing who you are mm-hmm. outside the bedroom mm-hmm. you talked about friends mm-hmm I'm interested because you talked about your dog being part of you. Mm. And then you said, who am I outside the bedroom? And you talked about friendship. Mm. How is that part of who you are? My friendship shaped me. I have been through a few friendships who have either, you know. Let's say that as a tongue twister. My friendship shaped me. My friendship shaped me. <laughs> Ten times fast. Go. Go. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, that might be my next hashtag. I like it. 
like it. Nice yeah. episode. My friendship shaped me. My friendship me. shaped me. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's who you are outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do this. So my second question, we're going to break the rest of the questions down into the three. All that is, we're going to break them down into a fuck and love and laugh. Let's do it. So we're going to get into some fucking questions. Yes. And fuck is just one big question, really. Mm-hmm. Who are you in the bedroom? So that's going to look like what do you like, what do you not like, what are you curious about, and maybe some sexual insecurities mm-hmm. or fears. Okay. What am I like in the bedroom? Who are you? Very timid bedroom. at the beginning. At the moment. So, like, <clears throat> I think I talk a big game. And then when I first get in the bedroom with someone, it's very like, oh, do you want me here or there? Or what do we do? Unless I'm drunk. And then I'm <laughs> a savage beast. And <laughs> it's oh, just, I'm a savage. Yeah, Carol Baskin. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, guys, this uh, is all happening mid-COVID, so we're all locked mm. inside watching way too much TikTok, so excuse yeah. the um, TikTok references. Yeah. We might be able to do the whole episode Maybe in TikTok songs. Interesting, you said timid, and then you paused, and then you said at the moment. Is that with your current sexual partner, or just no, where you're at in your life right where now? where I'm at in my life. Um, I think that I have been previously quite um, conservative in... Sex, like sexually, um, my first real boyfriend. It was the same thing. It was the same. Like a routine. It was like a routine. Mm. And anytime I tried, was to it like, a routine that worked? It got me off. Okay, but it was like that's interesting. Hey, because if you look at sex as orgasmic based and like orgasm focused, then yeah, you're like, oh, I mean, it was successful. But if you look at sex as an experience and a sharing, yep. Then yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that routine. Even though you come, mm-hmm. it wasn't that's not the first couple times. Cool. But then afterwards, you just kind of like, well, is it the same thing? It's gonna be the same thing again. Yeah. yeah, and that's what all this is about. I mean, unpacking that. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get back to that. Hmm. Um, and so I think that sort of set me up to be a very much like, oh, okay, like let's do vanilla until like, I guess I get comfortable and then I'm like, actually there's more interesting things that I want to try. Um, and I want to try things a little bit, you know, more adventurous and that kind of thing. I I think I have a lot more ambitions about what I want to be in the bedroom. Ambitions or inhibitions? Ambitions. Oh, you've got Mm -hmm. some bedroom goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like to call it a fuck it list. That is Fucking great. Right? Fucking amazing. That is so I don't great. think I coined it. I'm sure someone else did, but I feel I'm like borrowing I need to it. Write it down and start it. Hashtag fuck, fuck it, it list. list. It's my fuck it list. We're coming up with some good hashtags. This is fantastic. So who are who are you outside of the, or inside the bedroom? Tell inside me more. You use the word timid, but what else? Not anymore though. Mm. Um now I whew, I don't know if I have words, but Okay, what do you like? What do I like? Yeah. I like to go down on guys. I like to give them blowjobs. Okay. Because they love it. That's what I am all about, the pleasing. I like to give and also receive. Mm. Um, I am getting better at being naked. I think for a while I was... That's the insecurity side. Hey, Absolutely. Tell me about that. <clears throat> um, I was very unhappy with the way I looked for a very long time. I was a chubby teenager. That does not go away very easily. 
And I, I think, think in our, I'd be so, I talk about this in, in my own interview, but mm. I'd be so interested to hear a woman who's like, yeah, so I've always felt super confident in my own skin. And like, I've really just loved my body and felt like, yeah, take it. And like, mm-hmm. here's my pussy. Like, here's my Volvo. Would you like to yeah. lick it? Like, I've just, I have, I would want to meet, I know those women exist. I know they do. She's going to find them. But there's just so much in what has been historically the messaging around mm-hmm. that a lot of women are left with this body shame. Yeah, with body shame, that's exactly what it is. And I think, mm-hmm. like, only recently have I really come in, like, come into myself and just been like, hang on a minute, I am good looking. And I you're am... a savage. Yeah. But do you like the power? What do you like about it? Yes, absolutely the power. It's like when they, you know, like the, the when they sort of, like, gasp and that kind of thing, and they're mm-hmm. like, that for me is like, holy shit, I know what I'm doing. Because I think yeah. I spent a lot of my life, like, not really knowing what I was doing or just kind of like going, yeah. doing whatever. And, and you feel confident to live yeah. in that? I have had a few guys tell me that I give them the best blowjobs. And let me tell you. <sighs> I mean, it I feels bad good. news. Okay, that's a line. But you may be. I know. You also may be. Mm-hmm. You know? Who knows? But it makes <laughs> me do it. So like, does that not and make you better the, at it? That's the beauty of it. When you compliment someone, they believe something about themselves. They build mm-hmm. more courage Absolutely. in it and they continue to get better at yeah. it. Why so if it's true? I'm a big believer in speaking truths in bed, but also that gentle encouragement can feed Absolutely. the desire to improve. Yeah. Yeah. I um, am very grateful in that my current partner, he's very good at like being like, what should I do better? Mm. And like giving me feedback and being like, I like it when what you do this. What a great and attribute. Yeah. And like, it's so freely, like our sex life is just talked about freely. And it's Beautiful. like, I want to do this to you. And I'm like, yeah, that gets me turned yeah. on. And and that, I know some people talk about how they're worried about talking about sex and they're not having sex. Like, does that minimize the experience or does it enhance it for you that you can talk about it so much? Enhances it. Absolutely enhances it. Because yeah. as I said before, I felt timid. But mm. he gives me the opportunity to just be like, hey, I really want to do this really random thing. Do you want to do it? And you can draw your boundaries if it's a no for you. Absolutely. Um, prepared if it is a yeah. yes. Yeah. And I have, like, I swing between wanting someone to throw me around and totally. just take me I don't fucking care I just do whatever the fuck yeah. you want and to being like nope it's my turn you sit down yeah I like when I can say to somebody hey I need you to be the one bringing the power mm-hmm. or hey tonight would you be comfortable if I dictated our experience and you were sort of at my disposal and always 100% consensually and having that pre-arranged means you know that you can dialogue and play with those power exchange and that erotic power. And I constantly check in during and say like, is this okay? Are you Mm -hmm. happy? But those have been the best experiences I've had. I think that like a lot of your like early on sexual experiences are everybody learning what they're doing. Right. But being able to dialogue about it before you get there is just kind of like you go in there expecting, knowing exactly what's going to happen. And so you're not sort of sitting being like, I wish that you would do this yeah. because that's spoken about before. That's so you awkward. get exactly what you want. Yeah. And then dialoguing about it before means that when you get there, you're like, hey, that thing that we talked about, ready. It's time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think we take a leaf from the whole BDSM community in that they examine that like mm-hmm. pre-arranged boundaries pre-arranged conversations means that when you're in it you can really be in it yeah one of the best things i think about um being able to dialogue about these particular things is an experience that i had with my current partner and i said it was like 
in the morning, I was hungover as fuck. <laughs> I was like sick and all of these things. And I yeah. like rolled over in the morning and I said to him, I was like, I really want to have sex with you, but I don't want to do anything. Oh yeah. And he goes, okay. And just, and he was into it. Yeah. And he was like, all right. Interesting. And just did everything. And it was fucking fantastic. I say interesting just because, um, that's some of my favorite sex is like, where I'm completely submissive and I'm like, you do the work. And I think it's, I'm in a similar field to you where we give a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes you're like, I want to experience pleasure and I want to be touched, but I don't want to bring the energy. I want you to bring the erotic energy. I want to fulfill you. So if you don't want that, that's fine. But if you want to give to me right now, that's how you can. Yeah. 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 And it was like, it was so great because he was just like, he didn't question it. Mm -hmm. It was no nothing. It was just kind of like, this is what we're doing. And was it a positive sexual experience? Absolutely. Yeah. It was fantastic. Can I ask, and, and I think it's really great that we've talked a little bit about not being too orgasm focused, but mm-hmm. did that type of experience bring you to climax? Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was because he was like, okay, she wants to do this. I can do what I want. Yeah. But also like... What a beautiful thing to... Direct be- her, because he knows how to make me come. Yeah. And so you could give like, him that power, but yeah. you knew that in his heart he wanted what was best for you as well sexually. Yeah, I think So even was... though you can give him all of that mm-hmm. space, you knew that he's at the end he gets pleasure from your pleasure. Absolutely. And I think it was one of the, the few times where we actually came together. Cool. Because he was so, like directing the whole thing and I was just sort of like there and I think like after that then I'm like okay now I want to be that person I want to be able to bring you to climax yeah then get myself there at the same time I love this conversation Mm -hmm. I'm lit up by this stuff that was super interesting yeah yeah super fun let's explore with that again Mm -hmm. um let's go just finish up who you are in the bedroom Mm mm-hmm Anything you're curious about we should touch on? Very bi-curious. Oh. Mm-hmm. Enough said, or do you want to unpack that a little? Um. May I ask, have absolutely. you had an experience with someone who's of the same sex and gender as you? No. Not a part of past, like, drunkenly hooking up with my friends. Okay, so the answer <laughs> to that question is not no, I don't think. No, well, not no, I suppose. Okay. I think that probably has, Interesting like, perception, yeah. Because um, I joke about that a little bit, and I think I unpack it in... Well, I unpacked it in what I was creating as a book. But, but I, now in my um, in my posts, I haven't got into it. But for me, I'm very bi-curious, and that's what sparked opening my relationship. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd not really had any experiences. You know, I'd made out with my friends, and then I'm going... But then Wait, why is, that, is it now? And is that normal? Like, do a lot of women mm-hmm. do that? I don't think if you or if you weren't a little curious about that erotic space, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have done so it. it's funny for some to say things like, oh, no, I'm, I haven't done anything. But, like, I've hooked up with my friends. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, uh, like, this is kind of going off tangent, but, like, about mm. that balance. That's between what we're like, here for. Yeah. Like, the um, female, like, female and female is, like, Nobody really bats an eyelid. Yeah. But if my if my like male friends are like, oh yeah, I just hooked up with my friends, everyone'd be like, Are you gay? But yet I love that dynamic erotically. A man with a man oh sorry, another episode. No, but it's so interesting. Yeah, societally that we've accepted one and not the other. And someone to like admit the fact that they're like a dude to be like, Hey, I just want to see what it's like. Yeah. That's powerful. Those, those men Yeah. Absolutely. Are men that I have a lot of time for. For sure. Yeah. That, because we live in this space of like glorifying the hegemonic male. And when a man can say, 
I'm questioning my sexuality. I'm very curious to explore an erotic energy with another man. Mm-hmm. What... Or any energy with another man, right? Yeah. Because it's, I'm not that, like, What confidence I'm... and what security. Not, exactly. I'm the alpha. Yeah. I almost did it again. But yeah, like, um, being able to be like, I want to explore whatever it is with my male friend. Yeah. I want to Beautiful. do this activity or do that activity, whether it's um, erotic um, you know, sensual yeah. or emotional yes. or anything because they don't have, like, they're so taught to not have those connections mm. and like trying to force, I think women a lot are like, well, you, then you have to have that emotional connection with me, but that's not natural to them. Yeah. Cause it's not a learned thing and it's a societally a valued and thing. Like if, if and you I think, think we're getting better as a society absolutely. in a lot of Western cultures, they're really pushing that mm-hmm. to really build emotional intelligence in all sexes and genders, yeah. but there's yeah. definitely still space to go. And I think the thing is like, uh, like generic heterosexual relationships, the women expect these men to be so emotionally aware and all that kind of thing. And I'm like, honey, you learned to be emotionally aware by talking to your girlfriends. Do you think that your boyfriend has gone around and talked to his boyfriends about that? He hasn't. So why are you expecting him to so suddenly be emotionally available for you? That shit ain't gonna work. I want to chest bump you right now. That's so valid. I, I've had a conversation with my partner numerous times where we joke about how he's like, you've made me better. And I'm like, no. But I know what he means is that like I've we've grown in emotional intelligence together. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I've asked him that really had that light bulb moment for me was we were talking about something very emotionally heavy. And I was like, who do you talk to about this other than me? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like it was a joke. And he goes, no one. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you are the only one I would talk to about this. And I have another man that I engage with that we've had a similar conversation where I said, oh, you, you know, you clearly have a lot to say around this. And he goes, oh, I, I haven't had anyone to talk to about this. Like my, my male friends who are some of my closest friends just don't have the emotional capacity or even they might have the capacity, but not the training or the experience or the space to be ready for this kind of discourse. Mm-hmm. So he values finding someone he can unpack stuff like that with. Absolutely. I think like, I know that my life has changed quite a bit meeting you and like being able Sorry. to talk about and fuck and <laughs> like being able to talk about those things, but it's made such a difference. And that's the thing. And it's like, I didn't realize that there was, there was so many conversations that I weren't, wasn't having. Mm. And I felt like I was having all of these connected conversations and I have all of those mm. friends that I have connected conversations with, but then unleash this whole other side of things where it's like, Hey, I've got this new person who listens to all of these mm. things that for right now is super important to me. So cool. Mm-hmm. I sent the questions for the this interviews to the woman that I'm going to um, interview for next week and they go did you write this just to make me think and oh. I laughed and I, I said to her I wrote this to make everybody think that's the point right? for myself and I, I hope this presents to listeners as dialogue that is paramount in their lives like these are questions for me that are yeah. so relevant well they're so relevant and they so make you sort of turn around and be like hey why do I do the yeah. things that I do? Yeah. Why am I so after chasing what the world wants me to do? Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, so I think the final part of making sure we examine who you are in the bedroom, <clears throat> would you be comfortable going into some sexual insecurities? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I feel like the main one for me is probably something that's super, super common between women. Mm. And that is I spend a lot of the time previously not a whole lot recently looking at myself 
and being like, am I fat? Is mm. my fat jiggling? Is it in the wrong spots jiggling? Yeah. Like that was a super, super big insecurity Isn't crazy? for me. Isn't that and crazy? Because you're a slim and fit and athletic and healthy girl. Same. And I've, I more recently, it's, I, I'm in my 30s. And when I had my 30th birthday, it was like I just shed this layer of myself and was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. No more. Don't worry about it. Not hating it. Mm-hmm. Jiggle. And like the guys that I try to engage with are like, I, oh, I want to grab all of it. And like when it shakes, I want to get hard on. And when, when you ripple, I just want to shake it. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's something about valuing that softness and that mm-hmm. femininity and that. And my, I myself as well. I'm I'm healthy and moderately slim. Like I valuing whatever shape and form you have and that that's more of you yeah if you are healthy and you love yourself and you've got a body that puts you into the world with comfort and strength and and you're healthy to operate the way you want to in the world lean in isn't that okay oh let isn't it that shake, okay girl right? And it's just like, I, I think I've always subscribed to this version of like, you have to be fit. You have to be slim. You have to be toned. You have to be blonde. Oh, blonde. Yeah. I'm now pink, but that's fine. Yeah. But like, you have to be so this particular version. And I think that I... saddening. Right? And it's just like only recently that I, and like, I have a few, um, like colleagues, associates, patients, whatever you want to call them that, um, are in their late teens, early twenties and they're sort of becoming this version of themselves and the main thing I just want to instill in them is just like girl you hot yeah is there something you can um channel through their central nervous system that makes them think they're hot absolutely not (laughs) I fucking wish I could imagine I do it to myself (laughs) imagine there was just like an adjustment you could do that would made a woman walk out being Mm -hmm. like I'm Beyonce yeah I think, like, this is going to sound terribly cliche, but, like, the the main adjustment for me is to, like, come in and chat to me. Tell me about your insecurities, because I'll tell you that you're wrong. Oof. Beautiful. And And you see see and touch bodies. Yeah. For a living. I don't like to critique people for their youth, but there's so much in living life and experiencing life and gaining experience where you just, your brain conceptualizes things so differently. If I could look back at my younger self, right? Same thing. Mm-hmm, talk absolutely. About. I'd be curious, and I think I will ask all my sexually female friends this question. Do you have what I would call vagina phobia? Did you have an insecurity around your vulva and anything in regards to the female genitalia? I don't think I did, and I think that comes from growing up with two sisters. You saw or knew what was normal? Yeah, or? I knew it was normal. I knew that it was different. Right. Like having like, you know, we all bathed together till right. our teenage years and really? just sort okay. of knowing and it, it's just kind of like our bits are different. That's interesting because I think we come from a similar upbringing. My family was probably slightly more conservative, but I don't remember seeing another woman's vulva past the age of maybe when I was six. So I had nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. My mom and, and I, I still shower together. Like we'd still shower together, my mom and I. Interesting. Yeah, like not in like it's just sort of like, hey, I'm done. You want to yeah, go in? Passing each other. Passing. In the shower. Like, yeah, exactly. I like, remember not... seeing my mom's pubic hair when I was about six, and then that was probably the last time. And I remember seeing my sister, uh, seeing her, um, seeing her breasts in in our teen years. But talking, I talk about it in another episode. But one of my closest friends when I was in high school, still a good friend today, um, trying to help me get over it because I was like, I don't know if it's normal. It's not normal. She was like girl yeah and she was trying to find she's like do you want to see mine like what would 
be useful to you. Yeah. And she did. She found a magazine that had like casts of other mm. women's vulvas to show the variants there. It's so different. That's great. And that it's have okay. To deal with that, no, and that was not something I ever dealt with. Like, it's so like happy. It's so yeah. good. It's so, I'm so glad to hear that some women don't have that experience. Yeah. It's so saddening for me. The thing that, like, I think my experience of, like, body insecurity yeah. isn't, like, my vagina or my boobs or anything like yeah. that. It's my body shape. It's... Wow. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Because I mm. think it's so aggressive. Which is also very interesting. And I haven't, like, thought about this as well. But I'm a swimmer. Yeah. I swam all through my teenage years. Yeah. Swimming involves being in minimal amounts of clothing yes and i did that around guys my age who were obviously very fit yeah and all of that kind of thing and and no one ever rejected me like no yeah. one ever was like that but, but you still I, had this fear i still had this fear i had to this day i still have no idea where i come from wow yeah mm. Billy was just complimenting the red wine choice. If anyone in the world ends up listening to this podcast and they happen to want to sponsor us from a wine company, we'll be down. 100%. Absolutely. Hashtag wine not. We'll turn another one of our merch products. Uh, ow, it's not mine. It's... <laughs> Could turn into I'm a... just here. Emotional support. Billy and might a little turn... bit of humor. Billy might turn into a recurring guest. We've decided she has too much insight. <laughs> too much stupid shit. Too much insight. <laughs> Any, do you want any brands you want to hashtag? Just um, any? a fucking Lululemon. Like, if you want to, like, 100%, I will try all of your things in every direction. I don't care. I actually, what do you want me to do? I'll fucking do it. I worked for them for a while, actually. I could probably take some good photos and get them. Hey, yeah, we'll see. Let's do it. Let's I was do talking it. more along the line. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Fitness you gear. You asked. Fitness gear and wine. I feel like we sound mm. like middle-aged mobs. I, I don't have my, children. I have I a dog. That's as, as close as I get. I wear my Lululemon and I drink my red wine. My life I is wear, great. I wear my Lululemon, but I don't actually exercise. That's fine. Athleisure. They're so soft. Athleisure. I um. Can I tell you a fun yes, story? Please. So I climbed this mountain today, and I went with a friend of mine, which is great. And then um, her friend, and this particular friend turned up in the you know the high rise tights with the crop and everything. Like, the athleisure was like fantastic, and then she like fucking died halfway up the mountain. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're you're that person. And then here's my other friend who turned up in like fairly shitty tights and t-shirts, and we're just powering up. And like yeah. I was just like, we're embodying this I, right now. I think there's value in both, isn't there? Like Absolutely. whatever you do to feel good. I have this philosophy that if I meet a girl with a hairband on her wrist, we're gonna be friends. Because she's cash, she's ready to chuck that hair into a pony. If you don't... If There's you're one not, in my bag. There already go. If you're not, I'm not saying I won't be friends with girls without one, but mm-hmm. if I see a girl with an elastic... Like, she's ready. It's happening. She's going to be my kind of girl, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also like to apologize for my voice because my allergies are kicking up, so I'm going to sound very nasally. And I joked with Billy about how the first few episodes I have tonsillitis, so I sound very throaty. She's, try- she's channeling Phoebe. Channeling my inner Phoebes. Mm. Smelly cat. Mm. All right. I'm let's get well. into... Let's thing. do it. Let's get into some love questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And I already know a little bit about this because our lives are somewhat intertwined, but what is your perspective on monogamy? And how does that actually look in your life? I My perspective on monogamy has very recently changed. Um, I think that it was something that I was striving for simply because I didn't know anything different. But like... Um, I think monogamy has so many different facets to it. You are yeah. 
You can be emotionally monogamous, sexually monogamous, financially monogamous. There's variations. There are it. variations to it, yeah. and there are variations to relationships. And I think that um, I very much used to base my idea of what a successful relationship was on the relationships I had in no, I had that I saw in my life, yeah. as in my friends who were with people, my patients who were with people, right. my parents' friends, my parents. And right. I was like, I want that. I don't want that. And I would find a particular couple and work towards that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, and I think you and I have had a discussion about this before, and I, I'll research around and, and make sure I link it to the episode, but there's a book about the relationship escalator and how as a society, a lot of Western societies have built this like level up, level up, level up situation where you know you court, you date, you mm-hmm. get engaged, you get married, you have babies, you invest, you retire, you die. And it's like, what's next? Mm-hmm. And we all just assume that structure without asking if it suits us. Yep. We don't evaluate whether our personality and our careers and our life aspirations fit within that framework. And I think that it's really important to sit down and be like, hey, sure, like there is monogamy, but like in what in what framework? Yeah. What framework is monogamy and what does that work for you? And what does that look like in your life right now? Right now? Are you monogamous at the moment? It's a bit of a shaky situation. Shaky's not the right word. Um it's flexible. Flexible. Flexible is a good word in that I have a partner. Yeah. We are, and it's a male partner. A male partner. I have a male partner and we are in a relationship defined between us as an open relationship. Okay. But it being very fresh, I think that we... What's fresh? We've only been officially together for a couple of months. Okay. Um, we are allowing each other to explore other things. And it's fully disclosed to each other? Yes. Okay. So it's um, completely ethical and consensual that you're both... Yeah. yeah. So, okay, give an example. I recently travelled to Canada before COVID Hashtag happened. COVID-19. Hashtag pandemic Hashtag happened. international pandemic. And we don't mean to make light of the situation. We are so fortunate to be in an area where Absolutely. this has not hit us as hard. We feel very safe and we've been very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't even know an associate of an associate who has had or been tested for COVID. I, I do. I know quite a few who've been tested and I definitely, I've had a family member who had it and was fortunate enough to have it in a very mild form. I don't mean to make light of that situation, but being very mindful that um, we're hoping we're at the tail end of it where we're at um, and bringing, being able to bring humor to the situation, yeah. like we've said, is laughter is the best medicine. Right? Yeah, laughter is yeah. the best drug. Do you think that we can cure COVID with laughter? We could certainly try. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll come up with some naughty okay. jokes for you guys later. Why yeah. not try? Let's do it. Um, so you went to Canada. Oh, so I went to Canada. And whilst I was in Canada, I hooked up with a few... I love that you said whilst. I, in last episode, said the word shant. I don't think I've ever it's said that. such a sh- great word. It just felt it. Just felt it. Do you know one thing? This is going to sound... It's very much a tangent. I say recently is I say I've not instead of I haven't. I've not. Yeah. Because it's I have not, right? So Either you way, you're using I a conjunction. Have or have not. So I go with I've not. It just, I feel like it sounds more formal. Yeah. I don't know why. No, anyway, I love it. Take that no, with you. I'm a language person. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. going. I have not done this. Anyway, so I um, um, I think there's going to be a photo on my Instagram at some point, but I took a photo of the wine I poured for us earlier and just mm-hmm. said, I swear I'm not trying to seduce her. <laughs> well, and now you're trying to seduce me with language, so... I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You give me wine, so, I'll give you a language. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, about the words. so um, I was in Canada and I was away from my partner and I um, hooked up with um, two different guys. Just before you continue, you're away from your partner, but this was discussed and previously agreed on as an yes. option. Yeah. As an option. It was agreed on. It, and I had said to him, I was like, I'm going to go over here um, and um, talk about my life and my situation. I want to be very um, transparent about the whole Great. thing and um, be able to engage in this kind of context without feeling guilty about yeah, it. Yeah, with there being a real agreement between the two, consensual, yeah, consensual. ethical. Yeah. And did he express any concern about that? And going, yes, yeah. he's expressed a certain amount of insecurity. Coming off the back of him already having hooked up with okay. another girl. So it was mutual and it was both sides. So he, okay. I think it was very, for us, and this is just us, it was important that he took yeah. the first step. Right. And then I followed suit. Interesting. I love the way you personalize this. And I think that's a huge thing about what we're unpacking here is everything is so individual. Absolutely. We're not trying to put out ideas that are right for everyone. Mm -hmm. Just speaking to personal experience. So Absolutely. I really appreciate your openness in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went overseas and I had prefaced him before I went over there being like, it's going to happen yeah. while I'm here. Be ready for it. Okay. And, and, and so it did. It happened while I was over there, and there was definitely things that we unpacked while that was happening. He's very much like it. I when he um, engages with somebody else, I great, that's fantastic. Yeah. Don't really want to know much more than that. I am just sort of like that's that's a you thing. Okay. If you want to tell me about it, tell me about it. But so I'm you guys have questions. um, this is you sort of let each other know what's coming up, and then you sit in a sort of post. Don't ask, don't tell. Is that right? No. No. Okay. no, not necessarily. So um, I engaged with this guy and he was very much like, okay, like, what did you do? How right. far did you go? Did you enjoy it? Very questioning. And do you think, I'd be curious because I know people who engage in it in different ways. Was he asking those questions um, because he was curious if he would have any erotic energy come out of it do you think he was curious of whether he'd be aroused by that knowledge no i think he was curious because he wanted to know how he compared oh okay in that space and yeah. i think it just being that That's he valid as well. yeah absolutely and it's like you come from this and i think that if you in the first couple of times where this happens when your partner engages with somebody else yep. if that pang of jealousy doesn't sort of like just hit you hit you yeah then perhaps you might not really want to with that person and like I mean like yeah, every for everyone's different yeah. and I think you said perhaps him. so you're just questioning that as exactly yeah. because when my partner first engaged with someone else I he like he prefaced it he said this is what's going to happen and I was like yeah do it Ooh, I yeah. think that's really important and he did and it was like I knew which night was happening etc etc and like I, there was only sort of one time when I knew he was engaging with her mm -hmm. that I was like oh but everything else was can I ask, do you and your partner live in the, um, live together? Do you live in the same? Nope. We don't live together. We live separately, currently. He also lives in a different state. Okay. So I think that comes with its own thing, being like, so you okay. So would you call yourself long distance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I think that like adds an element to it as well, because it's okay. like, are you engaging with other people simply because you can't with me? Yeah. And I think that's the case at the moment. And right. I think that's important, being like, it has evolved. At the moment, we are close by being able to engage with each other okay. not choosing to engage with other people okay. because it's fresh it's new we're still yeah. learning about each other that kind of Interesting. thing i also still get on dating sites that's okay. fun and he knows about that yeah 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 um and so you use the 
term open relationship, which I've used and sort of said, I use cautiously because of um, preconceived ideas of what that means. That doesn't mean like I throw my pussy around anything that comes at me. Well, I think it means different things for everybody. Yeah. So when I ask you, um, you use the term open relationship. Do you publicize that? Does that, is that how you present your relationship to the world? No. It, uh, why is that? I think that it comes with its own connotations. I very much choose who I decide to tell okay. that piece, particular piece of information to. So do people think that you're in a relationship? Or how do you present life at work? If you're at a social engagement and someone says, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. He's my boyfriend. Right. We are together. Right. We are that. Um, but it depends on who yeah. we're around and who we're engaging mm. with. Would you be happy kind of to unpack a little bit? Um, and I feel like I'm using the word unpack to the point where I need a suitcase sponsor. You might. Yeah. Tam's tonight? <sighs> I have some. Well, think about it. Um, for me, I work in a space where I come across a million different people. They have a million different backgrounds and I might not necessarily know them all mm. when that happens. So is it out of respect for other people's belief systems? Oh, yeah, I think mm. so. More than my own. Um, I think that it's probably something that comes up when it's necessary. Yeah. Um, when we first entered into this sort of thing, I was like, I want to be able to have you in my, uh, like have my partner in my life, but also be able to do what I want. And so for the first maybe week or two, I called him my 50% boyfriend. <laughs> he was my 50% boyfriend. Fitty, fitty. Fitty, Cause he was there 50% of the time. The I other 50% that. of the time I could do whatever I wanted. This is like my perception on how I want to have children. I am childless at the moment, very deliberately. And um, I like to use the term like timeshare baby. Because I want a 50-50 baby. I love that idea. Yeah. I fucking love that idea. I'll so, introduce you to my website for that later. Yeah. I um, I, I used to work at a clinic and I used to know um, a family and they were two gay couples. Mm. So a female gay couple mm. and a male gay couple. Right. And they had two children. Beautiful. And they shared them. Can I get their numbers? Absolutely. No, I can't remember his last name. But yeah. If mm-hmm. they're listening, uh, call me. Yeah. Check me out. Email mm-hmm. me. My website's fucklovelife.com. <laughs> okay. So I think we've talked a lot about monogamy, but I wanted to ask more within the love realm. Mm-hmm. What are some positive things that you believe about relationships and yourself in relationships? Um, I think relationships can be fucking fantastic. They are people that make your life better. They make you explore things within yourself. Mm. And they just make you a better person. Absolutely. Sexually, mm. emotionally, um, career family um i think this is probably off tangent but um i have always wanted to be with someone who appreciates their family as much as i appreciate mine yeah i'm so close with my family and i don't know what i would do without them that comes down to those aligning values i think doesn't it absolutely and i think that like you i I have had to go through different relationships where people didn't value their family as much to realize that that's something that's super important to me i think that's vital when you look at engaging with someone whether it's monogamously or not my firm belief is that you need to have values that align you need to find your core values yeah don't you think that like when you engage with someone who 
whose core value is aligned with yours, that engagement is so much more powerful and so much more passionate and on all of those levels it's so much different yeah i think you level through together yeah yeah Yeah, you level up it gives you level up Mm -hmm. it gives you an access to each other it gives you relatability Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely cool yeah so what are you like in a relationship what do you think you're good i am terrible at commitment no what are you good at oh what am i good at what are you good at shit i am a great provider what do you mean? I love to give gifts. I love to cook for people. I want to create. I want them to have a wonderful life. Yeah. So I like to give that wonderful life to them. You want me to do something? I'll do it. I will be mm. that for you. As in, you know, I want to explore those things that you want to explore. You want to learn how to, like, be an archer? Like, let's go to archery. <laughs> you want to learn how to ride a horse? Let's go ride a horse. What a rad example. Yeah, I don't know why that's coming to me, but... Yeah, like if you you want to learn it, let's go do it. Cool. I think I used the term feed another person and I realized the audience might be thinking I'm talking about cooking. But yeah. I mean like feeding someone's development as a human being, mm. right? Like I really value having such a co- such a close relationship that you are growing each other. I also, I trust. I trust easily and I like throw that at people. Um, well, like... Are you considering that a positive or a negative quality or a positive yeah. because I like I, I it's almost that innocent until proven guilty right like I, I will trust you until you tell me otherwise cool. so what about the negative side what about some relationship pitfalls or negative patterns oh, that you're prone to I definitely just said it but I'm not great at commitment I think for me it's that sort of fear of what of all of these things that I'm missing out on by right like a FOMO yeah by committing to this one particular person um, I'm also very, not afraid of, but like um, aware of, aware of um, criticism. So mm. like being in a relationship when someone's saying like, hey, you finding them critical or you being the critical one? Uh, no, no, no. Um, them criticizing me. Not, and criticizing not in like, oh my God, you're no. the worst person ever. Right. But just being like, hey, you did this thing and that annoys me. And right. I think my immediate defense is to be like, well, that's just who I am. Right. But and I'm trying to negate that by being like okay well like i'll take that on board but right. i'm trying to find the fine balance between so def- okay defensive Are you, yeah yeah and by finding that fine balance between i'm trying to take that on board but i also don't want to lose who i yeah. am as a person well I, again i prefer to and i will try to refer to the um the professionals who talk around these issues when they come up in the cat podcast here but I was listening to a great podcast the other day about boundaries and I, what I've realized and a huge part of what I'm looking at and reestablishing with my current primary partner is those boundaries I didn't I wasn't raised to establish those in a lot of great ways um, and a lot of that was around taking feedback from other people I grew up taking a lot of blame mm-hmm. like there's a joke in my house where it was like they would call and immediately I'd be like, it wasn't me. And my siblings still joke about it. And mm-hmm. I have three siblings, um, three biological siblings. And they all know that joke. Mm-hmm. I just used to take stuff on as myself. Yeah. And it's hard to know in a relationship when you're taking blame for things and owning things that you shouldn't or the opposite. And you're not taking personal responsibility. Yeah. And you have to find that fine line between. Yeah. Because you want to take feedback a... from your partner. You want to hear their perspective. Their perception is valid. Yeah. But you don't want to adopt everything they say as yeah. truth. Exactly. And I think, like, for my life, I I have daddy issues. 
I mean, that's not... <laughs> who don't? Who don't, right? Who don't? A little bit, I think we all do, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I spent so much of my life trying to just be the person or the child that my dad mm. wanted me to be. So then I get into this relationship Coming with him. Coming up episode... <laughs> whoa, 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 what's happening? <laughs> episode what number will be daddy issues. Daddy issues. Hashtag daddy. Guest. <laughs> right here. We'll do um, that. We'll do that. Yeah, but like you know having all that kind of thing and this only male figure that I really had in my mm. life till I was and to 15. be honest like just to circle back a little bit I hate that phrase I don't know why I said it mm. but connecting to that concept I think that people are kidding themselves a little bit they don't look at their parental attachment issues there's a lot of research around attachment theory and looking at how we respond to our primary cares in the first few years of our lives and there's a lot of validity in unpacking your relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. So we joke about daddy issues very much from the comedy perspective, but there is a lot to look into there. Absolutely. Because they're the first people that matter in your life. Yeah. That keep you alive. Mm-hmm. That teach you how to engage. Yeah, absolutely. And like my dad was absent a lot for my childhood. He worked away. And that's what he had to do to provide for his mm-hmm. family. And that's... His take on it is like, yeah. I was providing for my family. And rather than, I think, well, a lot of people don't examine it, or then if they do examine it, they and they end up going, oh, well, this is how I am now because of that. That's not what we're looking to do. And that's, no. Yeah, it's more about all. understanding it and working with an appreciation for it and Absolutely. developing yourself beyond that. So that doesn't become a neurological wiring that's locked in for Exactly. You. And I think the thing for me is that like I've, I've taken that and been like, huh, that's a thing. Now I know how he works. Yeah. That's so much easier. To understand yourself. And for us to engage with each other. Totally. Mm-hmm. I've had a very similar experience with my It's father. fantastic. It is, like, mind-blowing. Get a girl. Yeah. Whew. So, moving on from that, um, what's your biggest insecurity or fear in a relationship? In a relationship? Yeah. And I, when I say relationship, obviously there's tons of dynamics. I'm Absolutely. talking about, like... Whether it's primary or not, but like a romantic sexual relationship. Yeah. Um, other people's approval. Mm, tell my, me more. Well, I will hesitate to introduce a romantic uh, partner to my friends. Right. Uh, because I want their approval. I want your friends' them... approval or the partner's approval? My friends. Right. Of your partner? Nope. My, fr- my friends. You want your friends to approve of your partner? You want yes. your partner to approve of your friends? I want my friends to approve of my partner. Interesting. Yeah. And so I will... And what like, What do you think you want them to approve of? What are, they, what are you examining? Like their physicality, their character, their job, their social status? What are you looking All at? All of the above. Yeah. I want my friends to think that they're good enough for me. Mm. I, and I've been unpacking this again with my primary partners that... It's really hard for me not to have my partner be a really direct reflection of myself. That's exactly why I have such a problem with it. It's because mm. I feel like I'm inviting this particular person into my friendship group that I've had most of my friends for a really long time. If you don't like him, then, then what does that mean about what me? What does that say about me? And I think that's a lot of the things that I have thought about my friends. Is like I've met yeah. their partners and been like, oh, he's a jerk. Well, and you can... Like you talked about being independent earlier on, you can create who you are. Yeah. You cannot create someone else. Exactly. And when you partner with them, if they're, whether it's a minor or a direct close reflection of you, you don't get to control them. They're who they are. That's the beauty of engaging with other people. But how do you share that and let them be a part of your life without being 
a, without too closely linking yourself to them and then trying to change them, Absolutely. the parts that you don't like. Absolutely. And how, like, how do you introduce someone being like, hey, I want to come and meet this friend of mine, but this particular friend of mine doesn't like this, 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 yeah. this, this. And you don't want to curate the version of themselves that suits each friend, but... I don't want you to come in being a different version of yeah. yourself. Oh, that's so... That's loaded. Oh, so loaded. Right. So, so that's loaded. a big one for you. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, it's... Do you, does that come from a place of, like, embarrassment or shame or... Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. Um, what would be not good enough? Have you had a partner that you felt wasn't... I have had friends tell me that my partner's, like, you, that he's not good enough for you mm. or, like, he's a did jerk they, or anything like that. Did they like look that. at... Did they examine what that was? What do you mean? Was he not... Did he not have a six-pack? Did he not make enough oh. money? Was he not kind enough? What kind of things did they say? Um, just sort of like, he's not a very nice person. Mm. So it was character-linked. Character-linked. And I think, like, for me, um, it's sort of like, okay, well perhaps the version of him that I'm seeing is different to the version that you're seeing, but you're not giving me the time of day to be able to make that decision for myself. And so that sort of stems off being like, okay, I, I think I've chosen someone. I don't know. Mm. Is it good enough? I'm, I'm not sure. Right. And then so instead of just being like, hey, I've chosen him, be nice. It's sort of like... The confidence in that. Is he okay or not? Made like, you second guess it. Absolutely. Did he have a six pack though? Which one? The one you're talking about. The old one? The one who wasn't kind enough. <laughs> She's making that yes, mm-hmm. hell yes. Hey, okay, <laughs> he was fucking fine. Okay, fine. This is a joke, guys. It's a joke. Yeah. Okay, so we made it to the laugh portion. So, how do you see the interplay between fucking, loving, and laughing? Yeah, they're all very integral parts of all of the things. I think that you can have like a like a, a fuck and a love and a laugh. And they can be different. Independent. They can be independent of each other. But I think that if you find like that one person that you really want to spend most of your time with, you yeah. get all of them from that one person. I tend to that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's... But like finding that is also really hard. That's why um, we're going to learn to... Like, you know, they've slowly been curating Siri to this like perfect superhuman. I think they're making that man in a workshop somewhere. Or woman. I never even thought of that. <laughs> it's like a flashlight on steroids. Like right out. And it's just going to be like, hey, I could be all of those things for you. All those things. They'll definitely be good for fucking, I don't know about the laughing, but mm-hmm. Siri's pretty funny. I don't know how she'd mm-hmm. be with an intimate, loving relationship. Though. No, she'd be terrible. Hey, Siri, yeah. can you do this? Why do you uh, want me to do that now? I am proud of you. Mm. You are. Yeah. You so are great. you're open for all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and in, in, in so many different forms, in so many different ways, from so many different people. Mm. Ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That seems to connect to your perception of monogamy. At the I think moment. so, absolutely. Like, I so think what happens if you're not getting enough of one of those things? I think you go looking elsewhere. You find out from someone else. Mm. Uh, romantically, or in like a uh, in any way. I think. Oh, um, I make that sound a lot as well. Yeah. The heavy questions bring out a guttural sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I hit on something that feels really poignant, mm-hmm. I tend to make like a really odd sound. I've noticed it. I go like, ooh, or yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And make the ugh. Feels very like uh, bodily. It makes you really question what mm. you're doing in your life. Um. <sighs> look. Sorry. That's my habit. How fucking rude. Um. Make you think. I definitely know that when things might not necessarily be going my way in a romantic relationship, yep. that being 
the most interesting, I think, because in a romantic relationship you spend the most time with that particular person. Mm. I know that I'll go elsewhere for that particular emotion. So maybe your friends or another romantic partner? Anything. Okay. Yeah. Given my current, like, relationship status, I think that it's given me the opportunity to now explore that in a lot of different ways rather than just through Mm. friendship. Isn't that interesting? The best analogy that I've heard that I use myself is like, well, two. One, we never run out of love. You think about a parent who has those crazy families that have 11 kids. Like, they don't have less love for one of those kids. Mm -hmm. Why have we decided with a romantic partner we have less love? That it's fractionally divided and then the portions get smaller. Mm -hmm. Additionally, like, I always had more than just my romantic partner to feed me and fill me up. I had lots of social contacts. I love engaging with work colleagues and friends from school, friends from various careers, friends in different aspects of my life. But as soon as we talk about getting naked with them, it's not right. I think it's super interesting as well that like when you find a romantic partner, why all of a sudden should all of your different friends that you engage with for different reasons then become obsolete? Mm. Why is it that all of a sudden you have to get all of those things from that one person? Mm. You do it without them, so then why do you have to do it with them? Another good one for me is when I look at, maybe this links more to um, how do you perceive monogamy, but one of the things that I'm very interested in is when you are single and you date, you could have sexual intimate connections with a person. No one questions if you're dating a couple of people. But as soon as you've chosen one and you've decided they're your person, people are like, oh, why would you want to be seeing other people? It doesn't make any sense. It does. Why is there the shift? I'm just... I, that's the big question for me is, you know, like I look at a lot of single people, Tinder, Bumble and all these websites, they're happily dating and everyone's like, good for you, getting out there, looking for different s- stimulation, looking for different ways of yourself to be enriched. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the ultimate goal is to just lock in one person. Why? I have no idea. But one thing that I have thought about, and it's probably only recently, is like, okay, so we grow up. And we all choose different careers. It's based on what we're interested in, right? Like, mm. so our job, which is, let's face it, 70% of our lives. Yeah. But 70% of what we spend our time doing is and one I think thing. most people shift careers two to three times. I think the data points to multiple career shifts, especially for people our age. I think it's more than that. Why do we not shift relationships? We sh- why do we not time? shift people? Why do we not shift relationships? If we can shift careers... Well, we do. So Esther Perel says something very poignant. She says, most people will be married two to three times. Sorry, let me rephrase. In love. No. Esther Perel says, most people will have two to three marriages in their life. With some people, it will be to the same person. So I think there's great value in, in making a shift and evolving a relationship to a different yeah structure framework some people do that with the same person others i don't want to say it's too hard but maybe there's complexities to it where moving to a different person and and starting again has value how many people in your life are so afraid of change most exactly most people are afraid of change and yet relational change what and they so much fear (laughs) relational change and yet i feel like that change in our relationships makes our relationship so much better Mm. Why do you ebb and flow in, rel- in friendships? Why can't you ebb and flow in relationships? Mm. You make it into what works for you. Mm. That's the most important. All right. You want to laugh a bit more? Because that wasn't very Absolutely. funny. Absolutely. 
I was trying to hold in a sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> you good? Yeah, it's good. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Do you have a funny sex story for Oh, yeah. So this was the one and I was then, thinking about is this week. Yeah, and then we're going to finish with the, um, the fuck, love, laugh question. Um, uh, I was having sex with my current partner. And, I mean, y'all, if you've had sex with a dog in the room, you know, uh, it's kind of awkward because you're like, are they looking? Are they on the bed? And sometimes they do come they, and... Do they think they're involved in some way that exactly. we're not consensually... Yeah. yeah. Like, do, sometimes, you know, like, come up and lie beside you and you're yeah, like... animalistic. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Very this particular primal. time... My dog was in the room. Let's not forget that earlier you said your dog was a part of you. <laughs> so this very, Let's bring that back. <laughs> you have a very close relationship with your dog. With my dog. Okay. He was in the room. We were fucking. My dog starts hurling. So he's in the vomiting. middle. Vomiting. And he's doing. The, I thought he, you were going to say he was humping. <laughs> he was like. Yeah. He was like mutually masturbating while you. <laughs> he's looking at you going like. Yeah mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He starts vomiting. He starts vomiting, but he's doing the like. If you ever heard a dog woman, they do this like thing, and I sort of like stopped again. I was once again on top, and so girls got a position. The dog (laughs) vomits. Hot. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck it. Anyway, so I get up. Are you okay? Pat him. And make sure he's okay. Has a heart on. Yeah, he's on. He's still lying on the bed, spread eagle, dig up. You know, tent happening. Energy. Mm -hmm. Clean clean it up. Flush it down the toilet. (laughs) Give me a drink of water, jump back on, start riding, off you go. Just like nothing had happened. That's like, you are made for motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) That does not sit well. (laughs) You're welcome. That, yeah, I'm impressed. Just like, come on. And And that just shows the resilience that we have. Yeah, I was just like, you know what, that's fine. Clean it up, off you go. Gas pedal, brake pedal. You're mm-hmm. like, brake pedal real quick. Get mm-hmm. back on it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's I'm go. Impressed. Mm-hmm. And it was a positive experience. Then overall. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You have to choose. <gasps> no fucking, no loving, or no laughing. Which one could you live without? So we're talking about like, like, like fu- sex. Romantic love. Correct. And laughing. Humor. No, just, yeah, even finding anything humorous and laughing. I, when I read this first question, I, my immediate jump was love. Okay, first was like, absolutely love. Romantic love. Done. I I haven't um, shown my previous interview to Billy where I interview myself and respond to this, so I'll have to let her know my response after. Yep. Um, I think... Tying this entire thing back to my independence. That's the magic of this question. Let's isn't tie it? it back. My independence is like, I can absolutely do without romantic love. Mm. I need love in friendships. I need love in my family. Mm. And I need love in general. But I can, I can 100% live without romantic love. I cannot live without sex <laughs> or laughter. Laughter being like 100 I could do it. There was no way that I could live my life without laughing. Preach. Not a chance. Preach. I also, like, lo- like a love and fucking, similar, but I'd absolutely choose fucking. I would 100% want to have sex with people. Romantic love is at the bottom. You know what? Fucking judge me. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. So I w- you almost ranked it there, so what was the top? Laughter. 
laughing. Absolutely. Laughing. Then you're fucking. Then I'm fucking. Then love. Then I'm loving. Thank you. Oh. Thank you so much for coming. It's Thank been so much fun. I this is amazing. I love that we had this interview. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your candor. Thank you for your sense of humor and using humor to dig into some really heavy stuff. Um, thank you for letting me provide you with some red wine because I think that's the gift. I send you the interview questions and yeah. then I ask you what wine you want or mm -hmm. what drink you want. And that's what I bring to the table. Um, again, I cannot, um, I cannot afford your therapy bills from here. So <laughs> if this brought up a lot for you, Great. like let's continue to talk off mic. But, um, let's do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for like allowing me to be me and letting me explore my own personal things and mm. bringing that to the table because I definitely have learned a lot about myself, which is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about any of those questions? About <sighs> Fuck, anything? love, and laugh, guys. All of them. My favorite things. Do all of them. Do them well. Do them how you want to do them. Yeah, own them, hey. Own them. You laugh about what makes you laugh and love how you want and like, let's say fuck a few more times. Fuck. In a few different ways though, right? Okay. Yeah. Fuck! Shit! Oh, that's a different word. <laughs> <laughs>